In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and I'll be your Sherpa as we go up and down Success Mountain. See, where we start and where we end, there's a journey in between. And I'm excited for you to hear from our guest today. He's passionate. And, and I love passionate people because behind the passion is usually a why. Why did he become so passionate? There's a story. There's a message. So if you're riding your bike or you know, sitting on a park bench, try to download what you get today and ask yourself this question. What is that I'm listening to? What can I apply in my life? Maybe there's a little space in your life right now for some upgrades. The upgrade you're going to receive is a health educator who's on a mission to re-energize, rejuvenate, and restore you to your best health. Like, who doesn't want that, right? I would love to be in the best shape of my life with the best mindset and literally at the end of the day, be in the best health of my life. Well, we're going to learn from this guy today. From the foods you eat to the way you sleep, move, pause, and pray, he wants to support you, give some advice, and cheer you on. Please welcome to the show, Eric Rom. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate you having me. Mr. Eric, I uh, got to ask the one question. We'll get started on our stretch up success mount today. What is your definition of success? Yeah, I like that question because I think it's definitely a, a personal definition. Um, and I think for myself, it, it has been a shifting target. Um, initially, it was a financial freedom goal, right? Um, but underlying that was maybe just a bigger freedom goal. But now that maybe I feel like some of the, the financial success goals have been reached, there's that organic expansion from, you know, Put, putting uh, ha- having a dollar figure to having an impact on people. And I think right now, the way that I would define success for me personally is people's lives positively changed by my influence. I love it. Hey, think about that for a moment. Take me to one of the biggest people who had an impact on your life. Hey, you know, I, I would say as cliche as it sounds, I, I would say my grandfather, you know, any success I fumbled my way into somehow or another, it's it's been built on the back of core values that I literally thank God for because I didn't decide what my core values were when I was four and five and you know learning these things from a positive role model. But I did carry those with me somewhat consciously and somewhat subconsciously into say my my twenties and my you know my early thirties and even today, right? But yeah, I would say he would, you know, be the the big one to point to and and you know there's lots of specific incidents here and there that that I kind of pull from. I have what I, what I call or I, I refer to them as anchor memories and that these are these memories that just pop up randomly in my head and some of them are significant, right? Some of them are like a memory of my grandfather doing something significant. Some of them are not. Some of them are just a memory of the corner of a room that I saw once. And I don't know why I call them anchor memories because they kind of anchor my my existence back through time and they reassert that I existed through time, you know, throughout my day. 
I lo- I love it, and I, and I thank you for bringing up um, somebody like a grandfather. What a great great memory for me uh, is of my grandfather who taught me at a very early age the value of working hard, the value of a dollar, the value of being there. You know, a relationship building. You, you mentioned uh, core values, and do you mind sharing just a couple of your core values with us? I I always find it yeah because they're just like the question in the front end, like. What's your definition? Some people's core values are a little different. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, go back to my grandfather. I remember, um, I remember walking in on him and he's on the phone and, uh, you could tell he was flustered about something and I didn't know exactly what the phone call was about, but I knew it was, you know, something important. And, uh, he hung up the phone. He looks at me, he goes, Eric, a man will always know the right thing to do. And I was like, oh man interesting it is so incredibly true and and so when it comes to core values it's i do earnestly believe and then and maybe that's not right of me because i'm saying hey look i had this positive influence as a kid i, I was i had these things instilled in me what i do honestly believe that at our the core of who we are we know the right thing to do and even if i look back you know at the things that i did where i decided to do the wrong thing i still kind of knew it you know i knew it in my heart right and so for me, the core value is to listen to the voice that tells me the right thing to do. Right. And what an amazing yeah. thing to be able to tap into. Cause you, like, think about what you just said. It's really cool. And, and as you guys are listening out there on the other end today, think about a time in your life when you were about to do something and, and you kind of had that, I don't want to call them butterflies, but maybe they were, maybe they were just like that little tingling feeling in your body. Like, I'm about to do something and I don't know if I should. And then you did it and you're like, oh crap, I just did it. Now I'm going to get in trouble. That's what that brings me back to. Cause I remember as a kid, like I definitely probably knew better, but I didn't know how to do better because I was like, I wanted to challenge a little bit. Cause you know, I grew up going back and forth between my mom and my dad's house. So I was kind of looking for attention as a kid. Like I was, I was needing something that wasn't being fulfilled. It wasn't that I wasn't loved. It wasn't that. It was something truly missing. It was just that I was needing attention because I wanted to be number one. And, you know, my sister was six years older than me and she was gone by, by, by the time I was growing up. My mom was always working. My dad was always gone. So I literally got into trouble because there's nothing else to do. Right. But now today, I realize I, I know how to do better. So when you think about, you know, the conversation you walked in on and your grandfather and you think about your grandfather and you, and you think today as being a father yourself, how do you show up for your family with that mindset today about knowing to do better? And how do you do that? You know, that actually brings up a good point. And that's, you know, I remember when my son turned one and uh, I was personally dealing with some, some situation, like a business situation, right? Where I could get heated about it and I could get really angry. I could even get spiteful or maybe even revenge. Right. And I, I looked down at my son and I realized that from this point on, I pretty much am a hypocrite if I don't live my life the way I want him to live his life. And so for me, it was just like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> dang it. I have all this accountability. You know, I mean, I, I guess I appreciate it, right? But in that moment, I was like, whoa, I have all this accountability now because I'm living my life on a stage, right? And everything I do, he's going to get, you know, if not the, the full story, like we talked about earlier, he's going to get the vibrations that come off of that experience. 
Yeah. And I relate to Gandhi, right? Be the change you wish to see in this world. Like it starts with me. It's not me telling everybody go what to do. It's me living my best life. And if it inspires people to move and take action, awesome. But at the end of the day, I'm doing what's best for me that has the biggest amount of impact in my immediate circle of influence. And then it's ripple. Like I remember being in church back in Santa Clarita and Rusty George was up on, we were at a high school. They were building a church and he stood in the middle and there was a string going all the way across from one end to the other end. And there was a little piece of paper and he just walked up, the piece of paper was in the middle and he pulled it and you could see the string go like this. And that's the ripple effect, right? So what starts small has a little bit and at first it it just kind of like does this, but then in time it does this and that effect is you know the same thing with a tsunami it it starts and we don't know where it ends so once you start the change in your life and you impact your son you impact your immediate circle like mother teresa just set out to be a good person martin luther king just set out to be a good person and along the way they brought change and changed the lives of millions by modeling something so profound which is just doing the right thing so thank you for sharing that really really impactful stuff I love that analogy with the string. I love any type of visual analogy because I feel like if you can connect to it with more than one sense, it drives deeper. Yeah. You know, guys, as you, as you listen to Eric today, I mean, this guy, this guy, humble, kind, loving, great friend, great business guy, served, helped our country, married, but like behind the scenes, like, I don't know. If you follow him and you know a little bit about Eric, you'll realize super talented and always willing to go for a challenge. So if you've ever visualized yourself kind of like, what would be something that would challenge you and get you to the next level? Uh, Eric is constantly trying to figure out like how to become a better human being. Like, so he, uh, he has a slack line at his place and he decides sometimes to hold the phone and just have a conversation. Well, at first it was very shaky and now it's very still and you can actually follow along at first. Like I almost got sick, like the multiple times that I would watch. Uh, here's Eric talking and the, the slack lines going left and right. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I get motion sickness just getting in line to get on a ride at a, an amusement park. Now I can actually get online and go, oh, there's Eric. Click the video, watch it. Wow. Where did all this passion finally like you know, maybe you've always been like this, but all of a sudden, I feel like you've got a whole new upgrade and a new download of information and wisdom that like, you've always been a wealth of knowledge, but you're finding really unique ways to share your passion from singing, drums, you know, sitting on a slack line. I love it, man. Tell me where this is coming from because it's really, really inspirational for me. And I don't get inspired by a lot these days, but I've <laughs> truly been inspired by what you're up to. Well, thank you. Well, one, one uh, just little note I want to make is that I worked for uh, the USO, which is a nonprofit. So I wasn't, tech, I wasn't in the military. I just have a lot of respect for those guys. I don't want there to be any uh, miscommunication. On them. I got um, it. I bet. Yeah. But, no, 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 not at all. You were yep. still there helping. So I appreciate <laughs> but man, I, I, first off, I really appreciate that because, you know, um, especially now with COVID, you know, I'm just kind of living life in a bubble. Right. And I'm just kind of putting out what I, like what I want to share, like what I'd show for show and tell if I was a kid. Right. And, um, you know, but, but I think that is really cool. Um, your words about like a a different download or a different approach to life, because, 
it is true about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it felt like it had kind of like uh, to like an awakening of sorts. And I really started to think about life differently. And just basically, we were kind of chatting a little bit about this before we press record. But, you know, long story short is, there's a lot I don't know. There's so much I don't know. I don't know for sure what happens next. I don't know for sure. Like, is is there life beyond this? But all this stuff, they're big, important questions. And I hope to dig into them and, and dig my teeth into them and know as much as I can. But one thing I know 100% for sure, 100% is that I am here on earth one time for sure. That's I know for sure because I'm here living it, right? And I had this... Um, yeah, I had kind of this vision of of myself prior to coming to Earth in a way. You know, I'm not saying that in like a too much of a woo woo way. Maybe it was just a strong dream, but I just had this strong picture, and it shook me, man. It shook me right down to my core. And I was like, if this is true, if 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 this is if this is this is true, this is what I get. So it's time to make the absolute most of it, and. I realized like, I mean, if we are eternal souls, if we are, and like I said, I don't know that. I don't know it for sure because I can't, but if we are, and we get to play the game called earth, called being a human on earth. And it's amazing, incredible, amazing, brilliant game, right? And it has its highs and it has its lows and, and all of the in between. Well, then I want to play it in a different way than I was playing it because I was playing it like I was just some you know, just, I might just as well be just an animal out in the forest, just kind of living or a tree or whatever. Like I'm just this kind of thing, just plodding through life and then die and then dissipate. And it's like, if that's not the true and I get one shot at this, I want to do it differently. And that was about a year and a half ago. And I've really been trying to run after that, especially this year. I'm really excited. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Eric Rahm today, going from being a human doer tapping into being a human being. That's what we're going to be talking about as we come down Success Mountain. We're going to take a quick break. You stick around. Remember, this is an opportunity for you to kind of write some notes down, pause and ponder kind of the things we've been talking about and try to come back with a lot of energy and tap into the conversation. It doesn't matter if this is recorded. You can always get onto the same vibration and the wavelength as we discuss topics today to help you on your journey We'll be right back with today's special guest, Mr. Eric Rahm. We're going to take a quick break. And since Tony's taking one, let's take one together. Let's take a deep breath. Wherever you are, feel those ribs expand, that chest lifts towards your chin. Let's do it now. That feels good, right? That's one of over 23,000 breaths you're going to take today. You don't even think about it. You're focused on that one. That's life. That's rejuvenation. That's the moment right here. And thanks for doing that with me. We all matter. Those breaths matter. Let's remember them. And let's get back to the show. All right. We are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. A special guest today, Mr. Eric Rahm. I got a chance to meet Eric about five years ago, I want to say. Friend of a friend. One thing led to another in a conference room conversation. We, we started just talking about his passion for copywriting and health and just kind of learning. And he got mentored by a dear friend of ours. And one of the things that was very apparent was this individual who had this desire to become more. 
right? But he realized early on for him to become more, you know, first he has to learn, but then he has to go give of himself and help others to do the same. Cause I really believe that's how life works. And we were talking a little bit about that and the, the downloads and, you know, why are we here? And I think it's to, to leave something behind for the, the next person that comes and gets to experience life. Right. I always say like, I'm, I'm here say like it's possible that you can follow your dreams you can do and become anything you want if you help others to do the same then you get the opportunity to live your best life by helping to you know take care of yourself your surroundings and the people that you come in contact with so i just want to say you know on this journey i uh when i remember when when we met in the conference room i was just really really inspired and you know i want to talk a little bit about your business today i want to talk about what you get to do on a daily basis to help humans live their best life. So first, how did you get into copywriting? One, because that's not something that people go, oh, hey, I'm really good at this stuff. Wow, you'll pay me a lot of money to write copy. So can you share just a little bit? Entrepreneurs, <laughs> business owners, solopreneurs, all those types of people are listening to this. And when I get in front of a keyboard and I see that freaking cursor, I get scared because my brain doesn't work like coming out of my head. So I have to speak it into a mic, throw it in rev, get it, get it transcripted. Then I can go in and edit and change text around. So just tell me how you got into this whole copywriting. thing. Yeah. So for me, it started actually in Iraq in 2000, sometime 2009, I think it happened in Iraq in 2009. Um, I, st- I was working for this nonprofit and um, I started creating these pretty dramatic uh, videos to send back to our nonprofit to use this promotion. And um, I had no idea what copywriting was, no idea what any of this was, but, I, but I, I knew kind of how to make things more compelling and how to really connect to people and pull their heartstrings and, and really get our message across, right? Show what these soldiers were going through and these service members were going through and stuff like that. And so I came back to the US eventually, and I still had this inkling of what, what is this? This is, I mean, this could be a bordering on a science, you know, a scientific approach to, to this. And, uh, it wasn't until I was on YouTube, uh, driving with my wife on like an 11 hour road trip. She was asleep. It was dark out. I was basically falling asleep. It was like two in the morning and YouTube auto plays this like uh, copywriter. Some, so it's just some copywriter. I think it was Dan Kennedy actually. So it was, it was Dan Kennedy like a five hour spiel, right? Seminar. And I'm just like, do, 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 do. I kind of perk up and I was like, wait, this guy's talking about that stuff that I was thinking about, you know, but he's got it so so much better articulated and this and that. And so that kind of sparked my interest. And um, from there, it that kind of turned me on to that world, though I never actually did any copywriting for for anyone else outside of our own company, um, that kind of turned me on to the de- direct response world where I found, you know, some of these other guys and then kind of saw the supplement game. And it really aligned with a lot of a lot of things I was after at the time. I had a, this video production company and uh, was was really ama- impressed at the scale and the scale of reach that people were having and just kind of dove in. And I literally met you probably like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a month after that. <laughs> Well, you know, I, um, you know, I think about like how we receive information, right? Like you had to be at the right spot at the right time and be open-minded to hear a message and, 
you know, if it's five hours and you were in your car and your wife's passed out and here you are and you're like, I was just thinking about that. That's the universe in motion. If we slow down enough to receive what the universe is trying to show us, I, I really truly believe like all of the gifts and everything we want is available if we actually get in tune with the, the channel, right? So like, I don't know, do you remember a kid, like you were sitting with your grandfather in the car and back in the day, it was like, you turned the dial or for some of us, you didn't have that. You, uh, you pushed a button and it, you know, it would move a different place under the dial. And then after that, then it was digital. But it's when you tune in between, you can barely hear it. And then you tune, you feel like you're turning the knob and you're, and then all of a sudden you hear it and you're like, got it. So much of what we do in life is spent not turning the knob. We're button pushing. We're trying to like, nope, not it, not it, not it. But it's in the frequency of turning the knob in between is when you usually hear. Because I, I know for me, I wanted to be a radio DJ because I would tune in and listen for the frequency shifts and hear the voice of the announcer. And I'm like, that's what I want to be. And that's what I grew up to be. Um, and I learned to take that and say yes to new opportunities. So listening to you share your story, it, it reminded me of just you, yeah, you two, you're a little bit older or younger than me, of just tuning the frequency. You got the download. So powerful. Yeah, I definitely remember, uh, you know, trying to tune the frequencies from the old, uh, five-speed uh, Ford. I tried to learn how to drive a stick on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Old days. A big uh, shift and, and, and shifting nowadays. Hey, I, I got a couple questions. Let's talk about marriage. I, I think that's something that a lot of us uh, kind of just do. We're like, yeah, I'm married. I've been married. How long have you been married? Uh, eight and a half years. And the way you show... What I can tell, you not only just love your wife, but like you have just an incredible relationship. And I think the bond shows up. What are some things, um, you know, I'm beginning to work on a new project. So I'm, I'm looking for people that are in marriage. Um, what are some keys to a really successful marriage that you've discovered? I think the biggest thing is the ability to have fun together. It, it, not just the ability, but continuing to have fun together. I think especially when kids are involved, I mean, just when stress is involved in, in your, your, ba your roommates with each other, you know, on top of all this other stuff, sometimes it can be hard to still have fun. And when the fun goes, man, the fun is like the, the grease that keeps the wheels going. And when the fun starts to go, man, those gears just like start to grind on each other and it gets really difficult. But a, a little bit of fun will go a long way in covering a lot of, you know, friction. And what have you been doing to kind of escape? I mean, you know, I ran a whole series all last year on networking remote and we're still kind of, you know, operating in that way today. What are some things that you've adjusted and changed to keep that spark alive? Because, you know, we're also, most of us are not locked at home with our spouse 24 seven, right? A lot of us, <laughs> Hey honey, I gotta go to the office or I gotta go to this. So what are ways that you've been able to, to keep that spark, you know, like, Hey, let's go for a walk. What have you kind of found as some things that have helped you during this time? Everybody's been affected by it, but everybody's been affected. Yeah. And I can also say, uh, this is coming from a live or work with your spouse, uh, or work and live in the bubble of your house pro, right? Cause that's been basically all eight years. Well, you know, about six of those years. So for us, a couple things. One is having common interests. Um, so 
even if, okay, because you can be around each other, but not spend quality time, right? That's like the biggest thing that you're just being around each other, not spend quality time. But when we have um, common interests and even quirky interests, right? Then we can have these deeper conversations, you know, the way that you would with a friend, like you're, you're going to have these fun, con- like a wife is never going to be in the place of a guy friend, right? You have these different buckets to fill and spouse is one and friends are one, right? But Man, if you have a good friendship with your wife, it's like you get to fill that bucket twice, right? Because she's also your friend. And so with that, I would say having like quirky common interests, right? That we can, you know, have fun about, get down and talk about. And then you do raise a good point, which is um, exercising together in like, we try and do like daily family walks in the evenings. And man, we didn't used to do that. And when we added it in, it was amazing the additional just kind of layer of like intimacy in our whole family we were able to do with that. One of the things that I mentioned in your bio today, you're a passionate health educator. You know, you're on a mission. And sometimes for me, I felt in 2020, my, my mission got derailed for a little bit until I got pulled back in to centering myself. I, I'd love to learn a little bit about some of the things that you're doing, right? So you talk... A little bit about your business if you're up for it. Yeah. So, you know, when I was first getting into this game, this game, this game of, uh, you know, selling health supplements and <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I kind of came at it thinking, you know, I'm, I've got these video skills, you know, I guess copywriting's, you know, I could learn that. And, um, you know, but most importantly, I have this product that I think is better, right? And so I'm going to help people with this product. And I realized that was like this tiniest sliver of all of it. The biggest part of it was getting people to listen to your message. You know, I mean, the product is very important, but if you don't have that part, you don't have anything, right? The guy, the, the monk with the secret to life up on the hill, it's not telling anybody. He's, he's the guy who got nothing, right? Because he's the only one who knows it. And so over time, as I learned how to better get our messaging across it changed how we approach things and um and it's kind of become a you know you catch more flies with honey than vinegar right yep and so now what we're doing is we have you know these we sell through video we still sell through long form video but primarily through facebook and so our honey you could say is trying to help people with their common issues in life for example, their weight. Weight is one of these big things that people are always concerned about their weight, even during the pandemic, especially during the pandemic, actually. People are very concerned about their weight. But once you have people's attention, right, with, say, weight, now you have their ear. Once you've shown you can help them a little bit, right, you, you're giving them a meal plan, you're giving them health supplements and these things that are starting to help them, you know, see these improvements in their life. Now you have their ear to try and help them in the bigger way, right? Because you can lose all the weight in the world, but if you don't change who you are, I mean, you're probably going to gain it right back, right? If you're not changing who you are, what you do, how you think, how you act, what you eat. And so we try and come in there and say, hey, here's what you want. Now here's what you need, right? And, or here's at least what would really benefit you. And so, yeah, we we come in through our um, front-end sales videos and then we kind of come behind that with our um, you know with our email contact and try and educate people on the importance of these things sleep eating movement 
pause, prayer, being outside, reassessing the things in your life, removing the things that aren't serving you that don't need to be there. And then finally, you know, some of the health supplements you can take to the, the sprinkle us on top, right. Of all of that other stuff. So that's kind of what we're up to now. And in a nutshell, Oh man, I got to tell you, there's some really interesting things that you talked about today. And I want to, I want to share a quote that makes me think of you, uh, when you were just kind of describing a little bit about what you're, what you're up to. It says, if I tell you what changed my whole life, I finally discovered that it's all risky. The minute you got born, it got risky. If you think trying is risky, wait until they hand you the bill for not trying. Jim Rohn. <laughs> you know, and like, go for it. Like, and, and I love that, you know, we talked today about, you know, driving in the car, downloading, kind of getting the idea of sales copy, writing it for yourself, working for a nonprofit, shooting, sending video content, trying new things, playing music, singing songs, like figuring out how to be a good person, learn lessons from your grandfather. You know, be there for your son, be there for your wife and your partner, you know, make make a product that you believe in that's really, really good and go and fact change into the world. Be a product of your product. Don't just talk about, hey, I made some product, but like become a product of it. So I just want to say thank you so much for showing up today and being a guest. If you don't mind, I'd love you to bring uh, you and your whole heart, mind and body and soul into what I call the fulfillment round. Right. All right, so all I need from you is I am ready. I am ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicas. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The fulfillment round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right. The very first song you ever tried singing in public. Uh, it was probably like a mid nineties, uh, worship song at church. Love it. <laughs> um, when you, uh, when, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thought that pops in your head? Uh, interesting thing you say that. So I try to not think of anything because I wait for that download in the morning and I wait for that download, not even necessarily from the universe. I wait for that download from myself. And that's a download of, you know, the right and the left brain have kind of had this interesting communication over the night. So I pause, I don't read anything. I don't talk to my wife. I don't scroll. I don't read nothing. I just lay there for at least 10 to 15 minutes and just absorb. Wow. I like that. It's the best thing you've eaten in the last week. Mm. I had a steak last night that we surveyed and it was amazing. Isn't that a great process too? Just like, oh, I love it. Are you a vegetable person? Do you like vegetables? I like broccoli. I like cruciferous vegetables. Uh, they have a lot of high anti-cancer properties. They actually do some really amazing things around cancer and stuff. But um, that's pretty much what I stick to. Broccoli, cauliflower. All right. You uh, got melatonin. Oh, man. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. In a nutshell, here it is. What melatonin is actually doing, it doesn't put you to sleep. Melatonin is the signal to your body. Uh, Melatonin is a number of things, but initially melatonin signals your body that, hey, guess what? It's bedtime. But then it takes on this different role and it does a lot of different things throughout the night. Kind of, if you think about like, um, picture like a big switchboard operator, they're doing this, right? All through the night, melatonin is supposed to be doing that at very well-timed things like, 
all right, it's five o'clock. Let me tell that thing. It's five o'clock, right? Oh, it's whatever. Let me tell that thing. When you take melatonin, what you're actually doing is you are disrupting that process because now think, I mean, this is to continue that analogy. Think of now there's 50 guys in that room and they're all trying to do various things and they're throwing the timing off here and there. But I'll put it down to one uh, specific example. And that is that there, when you take excess melatonin, the amount that you would be taking is like 0.2 milligrams, right? That's the amount that your body makes. The amount that you take from like something you're getting off Amazon is like maybe two at the low end and 20 at the high end. You're talking hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of times what you're supposed to be. Picture if that was testosterone, which is another hormone. Melatonin is a hormone. Picture if you were just taking a hundred times the amount of testosterone that you're supposed to be taking every single night. That aside, the bigger reason is this. What's happening is called chrono disruption, right? You're disrupting the uh, your body's internal clock. And we have this other picture of what chrono disruption does, and that's in night shift workers who are constantly flipping around their day and night. And what it does is it increases the risk of cancer. Poor sleep increase in general will increase the risk of prostate cancer by 50% or more and the risk of breast cancer by like 23% or more. So that's why I think ultimately taking melatonin long-term is a bad idea. When can you use melatonin? I mean, what it does is it resets your circadian rhythm to say, now it is nighttime, right? So let's say you land somewhere new. I would suggest it. I would suggest do an exercise the morning when you need it to signal morning because that will help. But you can take melatonin whenever it's supposed to be nighttime and that will help to kind of shift that circadian rhythm to say it is nighttime now. I love that. I uh, just got connected with a gentleman by the name of Evan Money. And we had a conversation and I, and I said something about business, busy or something. He's like, no, 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 no. I go to bed and I wake up when I wake up. I don't have an alarm clock. I don't have anything like, and super successful gentleman, entrepreneur, business owner, uh, awesome person. And so I, I, I started thinking the last three days and listening to you too. And it hit me when I'm listening, I'm just getting that download. And I was like, wow, I, I want to get to the point where I can start today. I just don't need an alarm clock to wake me up. And when my body says, you are rested and then get up and you know, and a lot of us sometimes hit the snooze button because we don't have enough rest and that be, has become a habit. Um, and now listening to you, listening to Evan, and I just got what I needed today. So thank you for sharing that is um, get to bed, get rested. And when your body wakes, you get up and, and like be still to receive the left, right and kind of what it is that we need to move into. Um, rather, that that's the human being part versus the human doer part. So thank you for sharing that big, big uh, aha moment for me. So what, one thing, if I can add to that is this, okay. So imagine that you're a coach, you're, you're coaching your student, right? And they're like, Hey, sorry, coach. I have this hard rule. I only drink two cups of water a day. He's just like, okay, you can't just drink two cups of water a day. Like you're an athlete. Like you need to drink like eight cups minimum, but probably a lot more. You're going to be thirsty. Your brain's not going to work as well. All these things. And he's just like, sorry, man, hard rule. I only do two cups a day. It's that times more when it comes to sleep. And instead of like, think about if that was true, that guy would have to rearrange his life to be able to drink eight cups of water. It's just the way it is, right? We need to be able to rearrange our lives to get eight to nine hours of sleep. And like you said, wake up without alarm clock. It's something I have done, man. And I'm telling you, the results are already incredible. The mental clarity, the 
boundless energy throughout the day without the need for stimulants, all of this. And it's because I rearranged my life to be in bed by 8.30 and I'm asleep by nine. And then I just wake up about, at about six and then I just get up and go about my day. And I'm telling you, man, that sounds crazy because we've been conditioned in the West to think that no drive, hustle, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, how productive are those hours? Get out of town, man. You know, like you're not doing anything at 11 to one. Like you're, if you're doing it stuff, you're making mistakes. Don't you remember what your parents used to say? I mean, at least I remember nothing good happens after midnight, right? <laughs> right. Nothing good happens. Well, I mean, people would say, oh, I was in the club. And I'm like, I understand. <laughs> if you have to go to the club at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock to do that, why couldn't you have done that at like one or two in the afternoon? Like, just be serious. Like, you're going to hate yourself more the next day or you're going to resent yourself more the next day. Like, you stayed up too late. And so I've never met um, a more fascinating guest on my show. Um, I could literally sit here and talk to you because I think we've only tapped like the first... And I just learned this the other day. So I'll, I'll leave you with something that I, I just found super interesting. My neighbor, Todd McGuire, we have really cool conversations. We don't know where it's going. We just start talking. So we, I said I was watching a documentary on the Beatles. And he's like, oh, it's fascinating. And we were talking about you know, how they had the different... They had to like... When they, when they pressed albums, they had to press the songs with like the big noise and the bass and the horns and the long songs first because the grooves were a lot longer to get all the way around the record and the, the shorter songs could go towards the end in the middle of the record like i'm like i didn't need to know that useless fact but that is freaking fascinating because i was a radio dj and i put the needle on the record and i used to scratch and play it i'm like that's why all the good hits were like the bass hits they were the big ones in the beginning so just talking to you just makes me think, I got to get you and my neighbor, Todd. I think you guys would have some fascinating conversations. He's got an amazing company. He's out trying to help end basically type 2 diabetes. And he's got a company and fascinating uh, documentaries and data and analysis. He works with like big, big universities. So I want to I make that introduction. And maybe there's some good downloadable data that you guys can share with one another. And so his name is Todd McGuire. So I'll make sure I give you that intro. Somebody I think you'd have some fascinating conversations with. And he lives here in Colorado. Perfect. Man, I can't wait to connect. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's Eric Rom. I'm Tony Grebmeyer. We got to go. We got things to do. We sit here and talk all day. We're never going to get anything done. So if you've got what you need today, remember this. Go share your gift with the world. Go be a, a good person and a great human being and go make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. <laughs>